This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. Brian. 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco. He's Brian Reddick. And you know, we actually started out the season. It was September 8th when we had our guest on. It was a Friday before the first game of the year. And I asked him, I said, is this boom or bust for the Niners? What do you think is going to happen this year? He told us, he predicted, he said, listen, offensively, defensively, if Purdy stays healthy, the 49ers are Super Bowl bound. His prediction was right. We're going to start the season with him. We're going to end the season with him. We can't wait. Lead singer of Papa Roach, huge 49ers fan, Jacoby Shaddix. Jacoby, thanks for coming back on, man. What's up, fellas? Good to see you guys, man. Thanks for having good me. To- it's good to see you. I can't, you know, we were talking and like we started the season and I went back and listened to it. And you made that prediction and I'm like, we, yeah. we got to get him back on because it's, hey, it's, yeah, it's perfect. I'm but I wanted to, we're going to talk Niners, but I wanted to start off by giving me the opportunity because I know this cause means a lot to you. And, you know, you're involved in the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and yeah. you recently released a live version of Scars with Chris Daughtry, which is a top 10 rock track, the 26th song to reach top 10 for you guys on the rock charts. Um, and the royalties of the song are going to be donated to AFSP in support of the um, Take Away the Dark campaign. Can you just talk a little bit about the cause and how you and Chris decided to get together and, and do that? Yeah, so um, we uh, we we got an offer to go out on tour with Shinedown last year. And we were we were trying to figure out if it was the right opportunity. And we were we wanted to release this song called Leave a Light on it. It just felt like the perfect upper, the perfect tour to play a song like that. And, uh, you know, we, we decided we wanted to release it as a single, but we wanted to do something bigger than just let's release a song. Let's, let's be part of a movement. Let this song be part of a movement because we know how much this music really, you know, speaks to people on a deep level. And, um, so we partnered up with the American foundation for suicide prevention and, uh, with our song, leave a light on talk away the dark. And, uh, join them in 
raising awareness, uh, raising money. We raised like on that tour. Um, it's just the beginning of the tip of the iceberg for us, but I, we gave him a check for like 150 grand um, awesome. at the end of the wow. tour. You know, it's like one of those big checks, you know, like that whole deal. Yeah. Uh, I kind of was like not wanting to like present the check on stage just because it's like, you know, I'm not trying to like, oh, look at us. We're doing great things. But in the in the in the world right now, I think any moment where there can be like some sunlight peeking through the darkness and uh, messages of hope, it, it's important. And what the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does is provide help to people that are struggling, you know, and, and uh, pick up the phone, right? 988, dial that number. There's somebody on the other line, on the end of the line, willing to listen. Uh, I personally have met this fella that uh, volunteers, uh, answers calls there. And he was like, in the month of January, he literally mm. saved four people's lives, right? Wow. And that's like, awesome. when you think about that, it's like, all right, this is awesome. There is, it's doing a good thing for the community, a good thing for the people. And so then fast forward to we're on tour, right? Um, Chris, Chris Daughtry's going to come down, check out the show. So I hit him up. I'm like, dude, you want to come up and sing Scars with us live? So he pulls up, he's rehearsed up. We go in the backstage, work on it on an acoustic guitar. Sounds great. We take it to the stage. It was amazing. Um, and then we listen back to the live performance and we're like, dude, we got to put a mix on this and just release it. And uh, so we hit up Chris and we're like, hey, man, I know it was just like, yo, show up and sing a song with us. But this is turning into something bigger. And people, it just went viral, you know, the performance of it. And so we released that. That thing starts climbing up the chart. Um, and for us, that's like, it wasn't even meant to be, it wasn't, it wasn't our intention, but it just happened. And so we talked with the AFSP and said, hey, we want to donate every bit of money that comes for, you know, that we get through this song. We want to forward it all to the AFSP. And I think that that's important, you know, I think giving back to the people, because I mean, I got to tell you, man, touring this, touring this world and meeting people the gift that we've been given by the fans of being able to mm. do what we love, we got to give back. And so, yeah, man, shout out to Chris Dodge for showing up and rocking that with us. And, you know, so we got two songs that we've partnered up with the American foundation for suicide prevention and are donating money from those songs. And it's a, it's just such a great cause. Yeah, I was, I was watching some stuff from you guys on YouTube the other day and it was, it was right before fear came out when you guys were on YouTube space you were about to play Scars, an acoustic version, and you mentioned, you know, this song kind of changed your career and your writing and how you guys approach music. And just how, what does it mean for you, a song that means that much for you to get released again and then hit a chord with people all over again? How, how much does that mean to you? It blows me away. It just shows that music can be timeless. That's always the goal for us, I think, creatively, is to create something that really can stand the test of time. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a hit back in 2004 and five. Yeah. And we are like 20 years later. It's, wild. it's, it's making it, making around again. And so it's crazy. It, it definitely, it, it, it's inspiring. And, and through it, I got to tell you, man, uh, really connecting with Chris and getting to know him a bit, a bit more through this process has been awesome, man. He's been playing me some of his new music that he's working on and it freaking rocks. He's going heavier. He's got, he's like diving deeper into the heavier music and it sounds so good. I'm so, I'm proud of him, man. He's really facing some demons too in this music and 
he's been through hell, man. I mean, suicide has touched his life, you know, I mean, losing his own daughter, that's heavy. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. Yeah. And so when we asked to, if he would be into, you know, partnering with the American foundation for suicide prevention, he was all about it, you know? And so to be able to just connect up on a real life level and, and, and just join each other on stage and have that moment and for it to be able to connect with people and, I mean, even if it just save one person's life, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's so yeah, you guys, it. Yeah, you guys are helping a lot of people, man. That, right. That's awesome. All right, Jacoby, getting to the Niners here. We talked oh. back in September about how important, <laughs> Super, <laughs> we got the Super Bowl, how important Purdy was going to be to this team this year. Did you see the Inside the NFL video with him and Nick Bosa? Uh, did I did not. That? I did so, not. So Bosa went up to him after the NFC Championship game, right? And he was just, he went up to him and said, dude, the fact what, what you're doing, it blows all our minds. Like this is Nick Bosa saying this to him. And he's like, did you think you would be this good? And Brock was kind of, you know, playing it I off. Can be better. Didn't really he's know like, I can say. be better. He's, he said, I can be better, but he looked, you know, yeah. he looked really humble. Right. And Bosa's like, how do you have this much confidence? He's like, cause I was the number two overall pick. And like, I struggle with that. And Brock just kind of hugged him and said, thank you. What he's done, it shows how much respect his teammates have for him. And, you know, people seem to want to move the goalposts with Purdy, and he's taken a lot of criticism this year. As a 49ers fan, can you talk about what the job you think Brock did this year and just, just what he's meant to this team? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy's been amazing this whole season. I mean, we saw it at the end of last season, then he got hurt, you know, but it was just like being in the position that he's in, that hot seat with all that pressure and – you know, he's had a couple moments where he threw, you know, a few interceptions, but it's like, it just kind of like rolled off his back. Like it ain't no thing. And I think being able to be in that position where you're in the hot seat, you got all this pressure on you, all these people coming at you, people talking shit, people, people wanting to see you fall and just persevering through that. It's impressive, especially for as, as young as that dude is. I mean, what is he like in his mid twenties? You know what I mean? Like 24, 24. I I mean, I did not have my head screwed on straight when I was 24. (laughs) You know, and it's like for this dude to like really be so calm and cool under the pressure that he's under, it's impressive. And and uh, I mean, I got to tell you, at the beginning of the season, I, I did a I did a prediction. I wrote a prediction in Spin Magazine, and I had my manager send it to me, and I I called it. I said Chiefs uh, Niners in the Super Bowl, and we will uh-huh. be, we'll be hoisting that Vince Lombardi Trophy, man. And uh, that's the next step, right? It's like let's, let's go get go. that. Let's go get the damn thing. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think is most impressive about Brock, and, and you you talked about it, you know, he's 24 years old. There hasn't seemed to be a moment that has been too big for him. Yeah. For somebody like you who, you know, you started your music career in your late teens, early 20s. And, you know, Papa Roach was at that time got huge and you're playing big shows and things like that. For somebody who has that experience of going out in front of an audience of thousands, like what what does it take to to not have that moment be too big for you? What did it take for you? And and is it something that you just think is kind of natural or or is that something that you had to work on as well? Oh, I definitely had to work on it, you know, and I wasn't prepared to be straight and honest with you. You know, I, I there's a lot of parallels between um, creativity and music and uh the the drive the pursuit for that and professional sports right because it's like you give yourself to this you every bit Mm -hmm. of yourself all your time all your effort all your energy goes towards this 
this goal, right? And mine was to become, you know, a professional musician, rock star, world traveling, you know, party starter, all that, you know. <laughs> And uh, I think I was a little bit more focused on the party early on in my days, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Same. I, didn't, I, you know, I didn't have somebody necessarily around me coaching me up for these moments that I would come, you know, be facing like, all right, now you're going to be on MTV, New Year's Eve, you know, mm-hmm. when the ball is going to drop and like, you might want to, you know, sober up a little bit for this night, you know, and I'm like, you know, going for it. and uh but, you know, apart for the course in the rock and roll business, you know, what I mean, that that the culture around it is, you know, it's always always celebrated excess and just going full tilt boogie, you know, and and uh, there's no it's not necessarily a sustainable lifestyle. Whereas with athletes, right, it's like you grow up learning. All right. How am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to do this for a long time? How What do I need to learn as far as, you know, my football IQ to have, you know, to be smart about the game? Right. And you got these coaches coaching you up, preparing you for these next steps, you know, and music business doesn't have that, you know, it's just like, all right, throw it at a wall and see if it sticks, you know, so it's a lot, there's a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. Yeah. One of the things that Al and I talked about prior to the NFC championship game is uh, our preference for if our team is in a big game, I don't want to be at a party. I don't want a bunch of people there. Like I just want to kind of be either. I've got like one guy that I, that I watch games with and that's what I want to do. What is, what is your uh, preference when it comes to, you know, if, if the 49ers are in the Super Bowl or NFC championship game, or are you, are you bringing people over to the house? You going somewhere? Are you kind of like, I just need to watch this by myself because this is my squad and it's that important to me. I mean, you know, it's like it change it changes up. If I'm on tour, right, we're gonna we're gonna go take over a sports bar with all the homies. Awesome. And just that's awesome. Watch the game and just get buy all the wings, buy all the pizza and tear it down, you know. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be home this time. And so I'm just having a little shindig at my house. And uh my dad's a real my stepdad, Bill, he's a really big fan. Um, a couple buddies of mine are all of us are Niners fans, and so only Niners fans at my house. That's right. And uh, I'm just keeping it low key. I mean, I have probably about 10 or 15 people here, but everybody that's coming is like about the game. It's not about let's go, let's go out and throw bags and, you, right. know, you know, play cornhole. Like, nah, it's, it's like, I'm going to be locked into this game. I got my cowbell ready to ring that thing. When we, when we <laughs> score, you know what I'm saying? I hang, I hang the flag up in the back of the living room. You know, it's, it, it's a vibe. And, uh, I'm I'm just so excited about this game coming up. I got to tell you something though. Uh, So my dad, he's a, whenever the game isn't going the way that he wants it to go. So like the first half of last week. Yeah. He's like, like, he just stopped watching the game. He's like, I can't watch it, man. I just, they always do. He has a superstition that they do better when he doesn't watch. So like about uh, almost a half, I'm looking at my dad and I'm going, I might have to ask you to leave. <laughs> he looks at me and he's like, I'm already there. Half time comes back, says goodbye, gets in the car, leaves. Second half, we turn that thing around. Oh, my word. What a game. That's funny. Did you ever – so, Brian and I were talking to, and we almost would rather play the Chiefs than the Ravens. Just what happened last game in the matchup, I kind of feel like the Chiefs are a better matchup for the Niners than the Ravens were a little bit. What do you think about this matchup? Do you think the Niners match up well with them? Uh, absolutely. And I think we got what it takes to beat these dudes. I mean, you know, Chiefs sometimes has this, has this, well, what do we call them? The Swifties now? 
the Swifties, you know, they got this thing where it's like they got this dumb luck thing that happens every once in a while. But now where we're at with the Niners, it feels like we got a little bit of that that crazy luck stroke of luck as well, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's their year. It's kind of felt the way all year that's just kind of the Niners year. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it just kind of feels like it's the it's the Niners year this year. You know, it's it feels the way everything's gone and Purdy coming out of nowhere, it just it feels like it's been almost 30 years and it just feels like this this is the year. And I think you're pretty you're pretty close to age with me and Brian. So do you remember you remember the late 80s, the Montana ones, right? We have those in the 94, but if you if you're a Niners fan, if you're like 35 years old. They've just been through so many kicks in the balls, man. Seven NFC championships the last 13 years, and it, like they all ended in a heartbreaking fashion. And I just feel like this is the season where it's all going to come together. It's just kind of meant to be. And yeah. that's kind of where I am at mentally right now with it all. I'm, I'm hoping that this is the season, man. I mean, I uh, I feel like the, we have the personnel, the locker room, you know, the culture in the locker room is dope. Obviously, you see the players lifting each other up and celebrating mm-hmm. each other. And I think that, that when you have that kind of dynamic within a football organization, it's 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 it brings like an element of magic into play in a way. You know what I mean? It's like because yeah. they're all great. They're all sick players, offensive and defensive side of the ball. And when somebody's not producing, somebody else is stepping up and get making that catch making that moment you know and it's just it's it's been a rad season to watch and you know just to be a fan of this of this team it's like you know as as a kid I was a fan and now I'm like an an adult and my sons are huge Niner fans beautiful and it's like it's just it's a family thing you know so it's a this is the year let's get it you know what I'm saying I love it I love it Jacoby before we let you out of here I do have one more question for you if the 49ers win it all you go into the parade Oh, come on now. Let's go, dude. Let's For go, real. baby. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, seriously, man. If, that, if, if, if we go win, I'll see you at the parade. Let's go. See you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't, 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 can't thank you enough for the time, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys, man. Let's go. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Let's get it. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Here we go. So a couple things I wanted to talk about today. The first, let's go off of what I mentioned to Jacoby. I, I used to, did you see the Brock? Purdy video I did on inside the NFL Nick Bosa I have probably watched that 15 to 20 times I think it's so <laughs> cool so if anybody yeah. didn't see it it's it's on my Twitter page um I quote it it's, it's been all over social media but it's after the NFC championship game and the cameras are catching a conversation you know they're, they're all mic'd up for inside the NFL or whatever between Bosa and Purdy Bosa is talking to Purdy and he says the fact that you're doing what you're doing blows my mind he goes all of us bro so he's like talking to him from, from the team. It mm-hmm. was really like Bosa seemed very heartfelt in what he was saying. And he said to Purdy, he goes, did you think you'd be this good? And Purdy said, oh, you know, he goes, you know, I, I could be better. I could, he be, said, better, I could yeah. be better or something along those lines. But you could tell Purdy seemed almost embarrassed by it a little right. bit. The look on his face, like he didn't quite know what to say. And Bosa, Bosa goes, yeah, yeah, I know. But how much confidence did you have? Because, of you know, they're down 24 to 7 and Purdy mm-hmm. just keeps chucking it. He goes, because I was the second pick in the draft and, and, and I lack confidence at times. And Brock just kind of shrugged his shoulders and he was like, yeah, you know, that's the game and kind of gave him dap and hugged him type thing. But I'm watching it and I'm just thinking like, you know, for all, for everything he's taking in, in, in the media with, with the criticism, which is ridiculous for a seventh round draft pick in your second season, what he's doing, just the admiration that the team has for him 
I just thought it was all so evident in what Bosa was telling him. It was so cool to watch. And you could see it was really like a heartfelt moment for Bosa. And then today, they were interviewing Jed York today. And he talked about a conversation he had with Kyle Shanahan. I don't know when it was in 2022, but he said, uh, Kyle went up to him and he said, you know, you know, Jed, I need to talk to you. And Jed was like, "Uh oh, you know, what's this about? And he goes, yeah, I think our third string quarterback might be our best quarterback. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And he said, you know, we said, we're not going to stray from the plan with Trey. He said, but I think eventually uh, Brock Purdy is going to end up being our starter. Now things happened. Lance gets hurt. Garoppolo gets hurt. And it happened maybe sooner than. Shanahan thought it would, but but he saw it, you know, last year too. This guy is just he's just earned the admiration of the teammates. And I just I, I thought both of those things were the going into the Super Bowl, seeing that stuff, I just thought it was the coolest shit. Yeah. And you know, I it, again it just goes to show like we've talked about it all the time and 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 it gets brought up, but that team really, really, really believes in Brock Purdy. And you're talking about guys like Trent Williams, future Hall of Famer, George Kittle probably you know close if not already you know maybe a future hall of famer i think he's nick bosa team leader again on track to be a hall of fame like all of these guys the top of their position the top of their game and to a man they talk about brock purdy and he's the one that got them there and he's the most important one and i i just think you know there's no reason for them to blow smoke up fans asses. There's just not, they genuinely believe that. And then you see moments like what you just talked about with Bosa in the locker room after the game, that was just him and Brock. Now, granted were their cameras there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's him and Brock. And, and it's, a, it's just a genuine conversation where he's like, damn man, like I don't get it, bro. How, like, how did you, you know, how are you, how are you the way you are basically, which is wild for someone like Nick Bosa to say, who yeah. again came in a, his rookie year and, and almost helped this team win a Super Bowl. And so, you know, I, I, I just think that there is just something to Brock Purdy that everybody else missed. And is there something in a Brock Purdy that, that Matt Campbell recognized at Iowa state. There's something in Brock Purdy that Kyle Shanahan recognized when he got in the building. There's just something about him and his demeanor and his work ethic and all of these things that aren't, aren't physical traits, aren't things that you can just look at and know. And I think that's part of, you know, part of why there are so many misses when it comes to drafting quarterbacks in the draft, because, if you're being perfectly honest, scouting is flawed in an, in, in its own design because you can't scout for heart. You can't scout for determination. You can't scout for these things that some people have and some people don't. And, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious that Brock Purdy does. Uh, who else is coming? Who else is coming out in the second half of the NFC championship game down 17 and not flinching and not puckering and not just, letting the moment be too big for him. There aren't very many quarterbacks in the NFL. Brock Purdy's going to face one of them in the Super Bowl. That's one of the things that's one of Patrick Mahomes' superpowers. He does not allow any moment to be too big for him. And Brock Purdy mm-hmm. is the same. He just doesn't have the physical tools that Patrick Mahomes has. But you know it is it is a hell of a story. And congratulations to Brock Purdy. It was announced today he is an ambassador for the Toyota brand, 
It's the first, he's the first active player to be signed by Toyota as the official car manufacturer of the NFL. They signed that deal in October and Brock Purdy is their first active player that they have signed. So, you know, Purdy's going to, Purdy's going to win the Super Bowl and hop in that Toyota Camry and drive his ass to Coles and get some new threads because that's who he is. And uh, congratulations to Brock. So be able to buy, buy more Coles uh, with that, with that Toyota, with that Toyota money. And maybe what get a two bedroom apartment in the bay? Hell yeah, money. Hell yeah. My man's gonna need a place to live soon. You can't listen. Yes, you can't he's live. About to get married. Can't live in the Bay Area in nine hundred grand a year or, or yeah. whatever it is. My man crazy. needs needs that stuff. No, that's awesome. Listen, yeah. he's star in the making. It's it's awesome, and and I'm just more than being a 49ers fan. I'm I'm, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the kid just as an NFL yeah. story. Hope he has. A, hope he has a really long career. All right. There's one factor, I think, that is huge here. If the 49ers can do this, they'll beat the Chiefs. And I'll tell you what that is after this. There's been one common denominator, Brian, for the Chiefs and their losses. The teams that beat them run the ball really well. The Chiefs do not have a good run defense. Now, this is a really difficult defense to score on. They've only given up more than 21 points three times in 20 games all season. And that was 24, 24, and 27. So nobody's hit 30 on them. You're basically scoring about 20 points. They've given up under 20. How many times here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So this is a tough defense to, to score on. Yeah. The three teams that scored 24 or more on them were the Broncos, the Bills, and the Packers. The Broncos ran the ball. 40 times for 153 yards. The Bills, 39 times for 182 yards. The Packers, uh, I believe it was 25 and it was 129 yards. Packers beat them. Broncos beat them. Bills should have beat them. But we know what happened in that game. That was the playoff game. So that is the key, I think, for the 49ers. And we'll get into this more next week as we preview. But I just, I saw those numbers today as I'm researching and I'm like, that's it. That's how they have to attack. Keep Mahomes off the field. I don't care if Christian McCaffrey, look, he, he, he's got a lot of time off after the Super Bowl. Exactly. He needs to touch the ball at least 30 times, at mm-hmm. least in this game. And the Niners, I want to see them stick to the run. I want to see them pound, pound, pound the ball. You know, even if in, in the beginning of the game you get one or two yards, eventually you're going to wear that defense down. To me, that is the key for them. A lot of carries, a lot of Christian McCaffrey, get creative with Debo, get him involved. Hell, even give Mitchell and Mason some carries for all I care. Just if, yeah. if you need to. But I think McCaffrey is going to be the key. I think McCaffrey set up to maybe the Niners win, be the Super Bowl MVP. You know, if he's touching the ball 30, 35 times for 130 yards, hopefully a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's set up really yeah. well. If, if you're a betting person, he might be a good person um, to put money on for Super Bowl MVP. Well, and and as much as as much as we praise Brock Purdy and love Brock Purdy and think he is the franchise quarterback, and 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 I genuinely believe that Steve Spagnolo is a master at disguising coverages, and we saw mm-hmm. against the Ravens how that can give Purdy trouble. And I said it going into the Ravens game: the Ravens' weakness is defending the run. And Kyle Shanahan came out with a pass happy game plan, and I felt that that was weird from the jump. And then you went into that Packers game. Where's the pa- Where are the Packers vulnerable against the run? And Kyle Shanahan still came out with a pass-happy game plan in the rain. 
felt weird to me. And then you go into that Lions game. Where are the Lions vulnerable? On the outside to the pass game. They've given up 350 plus yards in the past six games. And Kyle Shanahan, but and and they and they are elite at stopping the run. And Kyle Shanahan came out with a very run heavy game plan that felt weird from the start. They ended up winning that game, obviously. Uh, they also won the game against the Packers, but they lost that game against the Ravens. I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know if it's Kyle Shanahan saying, look, what are you good at? Well, I'm going to prove that even if you're good at that, I can still beat you. Like that's kind of what it felt like to me in those three game plans. And I really, 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 really hope that someone is able to get in his ear and say, listen, there's one area where this team is vulnerable. It's against the run. If you want to score on this defense, you got to run the ball. Not only that, if you can run the ball and sustain drives and chew up the clock, you give that other quarterback across the way who is well on his way to being the greatest of all time. Uh, you keep him off the field as much as you can. And that's the key. I mean, that is the key. It That's it. Like there's no other, there's no other matchup to look for. There's no other like, oh, they're, they're terrible defending tight ends in the middle of the field or none of it. They have trouble stopping the run. You run the ball really well, run the ball, run it, mm -hmm. run it 175 times. If you have to run the ball Seriously. to Seriously. win the game, run the ball to win the game. Yeah, that that's where I am with it too. Just and we'll see. It's it's getting to the point now where kind of the euphoria of the NFC Championship is kind of fading for me. And I just want this. I just want this game to get here. Yeah, it's good to have the two weeks, get everybody healthy and, and whatever else. But I'm just like, man, I just I just can't wait right now because I, I'll talk myself into a million different scenarios at this. One hundred percent. Look at a ton of different things. So as important as it is that I think that the Niners get out and establish the run, where I'm most worried in this game, Brian, is the 49ers defense playing 60 minutes. Because we haven't seen them play a full 60-minute game in, in, in quite a while. And I went back and looked when I was looking at the Chiefs numbers today. I went back and just kind of kind of looked at the Niners because I keep saying, you know, we we continue to sort of look at the defensive troubles and then either they win and it just kind of gets swept under the rug or we, we yeah. explain it away or whatever. And they were struggling before the bye. They only gave 22 points to the Vikings, but they did not play well in that Vikings game. Cincinnati absolutely embarrassed them. And then the bye happens and they came out of the bye and they look really good. They yeah. Keep the Jaguars to only three points. Tampa Bay scores 14. Seattle scores 13. Philly 19. Seahawks 16. And you're like, all right, it, maybe it's not as good right. as in years past, but, they, but they're yeah. rolling. It's, you know, we're going to be fine. That's then after that, things started to get a little bit dicey. So they've given up 29 points or more in three of their last six. We mentioned the Chiefs, the Chiefs 21 or less. The Niners have given up 21 or more in five of their last six. So 29 against the Cardinals. A lot of that was, you know, late. They had the game in hand, mm -hmm. but, but still 33 against the Ravens. Okay, there were some turnovers that put them in a bad situation. Yeah. This is us, again, explaining why it's happening to me. Mm -hmm. um, Washington is a joke of a team, 10 points. Rams game was a preseason game. You got to throw that one out the window with the 21 points. But then in the playoffs, we saw it. Packers, they did not play well in the first half at all. Packers went up and down the field, did whatever they wanted to. Packers just couldn't finish. So you could say, well, the Niners tightened up. They did what they had to do. Fine. And then in the second half, they played much better, hold them to the 21 so they can come back and win. And then we know about the Detroit game. First half was even what Nick Bosa called embarrassing. In the second half, they made more plays, 
but again, Dan Campbell's decisions, drop passes, mm-hmm. they, they had some help in that game as well. Yeah. So they haven't played a full 60 minute game. And I think against the chiefs, this isn't the offense that we've seen in the past with the chiefs. Sure. It's still the best quarterback alive. It's yeah. still Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey's come come around in the playoffs. Rasheed Rice has been good for them in the playoffs. Pacheco can be a bruiser running back. They have to put together a 60-minute game to win this game, and I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that. I agree with you. I also think that the teams that pose the most trouble for them are teams that are either balanced or, or even a little bit less balanced but really good. Uh, on the ground and the chiefs have not been that this year. The chiefs have not been able to run the ball consistently all season. Doesn't mean that that they can't, you know, come super bowl Sunday. Uh, but that has not been a strength of the team. And I think that is the biggest weakness for this 49ers defense. Like you said, it's, it's the, ta- it's been the tale of two halves for them. Um, the past two playoff games, and the question is, if you're able to make those adjustments at halftime, why not? Why wasn't why wasn't that your plan at the beginning, right? And I think I think this defense is I think this defense is a little bit embarrassed, and they should be. Um, but the the pieces are there, and this is not a dynamic Chiefs offense. It's a dynamic quarterback with an aging tight end an emerging wide receiver and a hit or miss running back. It's the worst chiefs offense, arguably since Patrick Mahomes took over. But what concerns me more than that is if they come out and they don't have a good half and Kansas city puts up 17, 20, 24 points like the, like the lions did, this Chiefs defense is the best defense they faced since the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And they are not and this and sec and the second half Chiefs defense is damn near perfect in terms of points allowed. I believe over their last three games, they've allowed six points in this total in the second half. Um, which is wild. Nate Tice of the uh, athletic football show. Uh, pointed out prior to the uh, the championship game round that uh, a lot of that can be attributed to Chris Jones, who seems to really turn it on in the second half and and kind of loaf in the first half. And so both both units, offense and defense, have to come out firing on all cylinders in the first half because this Chiefs team is really, really, really good in the second half. And... I think if if they can go into halftime with a lead or tied or down one possession, I still like where the where they are. If they go down and if they go into halftime down two possessions, I'm I'm gonna be concerned because again, that Chiefs defense is really good. Now, with that being said, this 49ers offense is the best offense that they that the Chiefs have faced mm-hmm. uh, in quite a while. Um, the Ravens offense, Ravens offense wasn't that good this season. It wasn't like a, a, a juggernaut, like you think it would have been based on how they played some of these teams. But a lot of that was due to a dominant defense that was forcing turnovers, getting good field position, things of that nature. 
Um, but I mean, there were, I believe there were four games where, where Lamar Jackson didn't even throw a touchdown pass. Like the offense was good, but it wasn't great. This 49ers offense is much better than the Ravens offense. This 49ers offense is better than the bills offense. This 49ers offense is better than the dolphins offense. Those are the three offenses that the chiefs defense has faced in the playoffs. I think this is a much tougher task for that defense, but I also know that they're up for it. And Steve Spagnuolo is arguably one of, if not the best uh, postseason defensive coordinators, maybe in NFL history. If the Chiefs win this game, this will be the fourth Super Bowl ring for Steve Spagnuolo as a coordinator, which leaves him all alone in NFL history as the only coordinator to win four Super Bowl rings just tells you how impressive he is as uh, as a coordinator and it's a, it's a tough task it's it's it has to you have to ride Christian McCaffrey in that run game you just have to yeah well the, the ravens did them a favor by not running the ball they ran the ball 100% uh, the, that was a weird a weird ass game plan from Todd Monk I don't know uh, what the hell he was thinking yeah. What, and not only it, it's not like they're a pass first, you know, they knew the Chiefs struggled against the run, but they're a passing team. So they just went mm -hmm. to their strength. They're a running team. Right. They run the ball 32 times a game. They ran it 16. I don't know what the hell they were thinking of that game. And it wasn't yeah. working ever. So I think they, they gave the Chiefs, you know, they did them a favor. Whereas the Bills, the Bills did run the ball and the Bills used Josh Allen's legs. And the Bills mm -hmm. should have beat them. The Bills defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a shell of itself. And so was Miami's with all the injuries. I mean, the yeah. Bills losing Matt Milano was huge for them. Yep. Their secondary was destroyed. Uh, it's, I forget the linebacker's name, um, but he was out too. So, I mean, they, they were playing against a lot of backups against mm -hmm. the Bills. The Bills offense moved the ball in that game. So, yeah, I, I feel the same way. And I just – the only thing, if the Niners get down again, the, the Chiefs I don't think are going to leave the door open like the Packers did, like no. the Lions did. But – I do. I feel like I just said to Jacoby, I feel like this is the Niners year. It just kind of feels like, like this is the year Shanahan gets over the hump. Like it's, it's the year of Brock Purdy. It just sort of feels that way for me. And they're getting a chiefs team. Like you said, that isn't as good as we've seen. These guys know how to turn it on yep. in the playoffs, obviously. obviously, but, but this is, if you're going to get a chiefs team in the last, whatever it's been four or five years, this is maybe the one to, to get. Yep. So I think they have the opportunity and I, I think they're going to take advantage of it. I, I'm worried about the defense. That's not going to go away for me um, until they step on the field on Sunday. And I could see if hopefully they play really well, but I feel like the Niners can do enough in this game. And it's just, you know, what it was today, Thursday, dude, we got like 10 days. Oh, yeah. I know. What am I going to do for 10 days? 10 long ass days. <laughs> oh my God. And there's just going to be, you know, it's so much with the Super Bowl. Every day is going to be talking about it and this and that. Idiots like us yeah. are going to be talking about it. And it's just Heck like, yeah, <laughs> can't, I just can't wait for it to get here. So, well, and, and so the 49ers, the 49ers head to Vegas on Sunday. Uh, Monday night is media night. And then they'll practice Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, they'll do a walkthrough on Friday and then it'll be the game on Sunday. I thought it was interesting. Both teams are staying roughly 18 miles off the strip. They're both staying at Lake Lox, uh, at uh, different resorts at Lake Las Vegas. The 49ers are practicing at UNLV. I'm not sure where the Chiefs are practicing. Um, but yeah, and, and one of the things I saw today excuse me, today again is Thursday. Um, I believe this is the I, I think this is the last practice here 
uh, before they leave. Uh, they may practice again on Friday. But uh, I saw a tweet with a video, and apparently Fred Warner uh, took a longer than normal time to speak to the huddle prior to practice and to um, you know encourage the encourage the team. Talked about how important this practice was, how important their effort in this practice was. So they're locked in. They're they're they know they know what's ahead of them. Uh, I'm confident in this team. I'm confident that regardless of how things went in the first half against the lions or even the first half against the Packers, this is in a completely different animal. They're obviously, I think, I think they might've taken the lions a little bit lightly, which is, you know, hard to know if that's true or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they are not going to take this chiefs team lightly at all. I think they're, they are, they are just geeked to play this team to get some semblance of revenge uh, for guys like George Kittle and, you know, Eric Armstead and and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and the guys that were that were there in in the 2019 season, but 2020 Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, I'm just. I like you said, I'm ready for this game to be here. Ten days seems like a really, really long time. Um, I'm sure it'll go by relatively fast, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just I'm just ready. Two weeks is a long time. I get it. I understand why, but uh, but I'm just I'm just ready, and and then I'm stoked to to go to the parade because I I think, like you said, I think this is the year. Twenty nine years is a long time too. <laughs> so very I true. If, uh, very true. It's hopefully it's just yeah, just another ten days to erase the last twenty nine years. Hopefully, yes. we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, yes. hey, next week you know we're we're gonna it's it's tough to get people now, but we're gonna try to get some guests going. We got Matt Hamilton. From um, K. Adam Show and Good Morning Used to be on Good Morning Football. He's going to be with us Monday, and then we'll see what else we can do. We got some stuff in the works, and you know Brian and I are just going to keep trying to put out content next week and just enjoy this as much as we can. So keep checking that feed. Yeah. Until then, thanks everybody. Later. Nine zero three. One zero three. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 